Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio's Open for Business. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GWBC Open for Business, and this is going to be a good one. Today, we have with us Tangela Davis with CEHT. Welcome. Thank you, Lee. Glad to be here. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about your work, who you serve in, and what are you up to? Well, I am very happy to announce that uh, we are CEHT, uh, which stands for Cyber Experts Highly Trusted. And we are considered an advanced IT cybersecurity innovative company. And we serve global markets in the areas of manufacturing, healthcare, uh, sports, uh, and entertainment. And we also service the uh, retail area as well. What we've been doing, as you well know, with 2020, we have, we're seeing unprecedented times right now with uh, cyber attacks and uh, where we're seeing companies are deploying all of their workforce remotely and virtually. So that has really increased our uh, spike in cyber attacks. So we have been helping our clients in that space really uh, to be more diligent in protecting their data networks. That's what we've been up to. Now, how did you get into this line of work? Well, um, one of the things that we did was we took a look around and really saw there was certainly a need for a company such as ours. Uh, I am actually the co-founder as well as our co-founder is a service-disabled veteran woman-owned who spent uh, 25 plus years in this space uh, working at the highest level in the Pentagon. And we decided to form CEHT because we saw there was a very big need in this space. Not only uh, there was a lack of female um, in this space, but there was also a lack of minority females in this space. And so we felt that with our combined efforts and the uh, experts and teams that we have uh, work with over our careers that we could really bring something of a tremendous value to our clients. And that's hence how CHT came to be. Now, what is something that maybe a CEO doesn't fully understand when it comes to these kind of cyber attacks and these kind of threats when it comes to, you know, even their supply chain or, or like you mentioned, these remote working opportunities now, uh, there's an assumption, I'm sure, of safety for a lot of folks that maybe there's a lot of more threats out there that kind of the lay person doesn't really understand the scope of things. Well, there's that is something that we do um, ongoing with our clients. Um, there are three core areas that we support our clients around. Uh, one is consulting. The other one is uh, customized training. And finally, the last are solutions. And some of the areas that we work uh, with closely with our CEOs, CIOs, and and CISOs, which obviously are the chief information security officers, um, are ways to really keep their, um, not only their uh, enterprise, but their supply chain uh, secure from cyber attacks. So some of the things that we have them think about is how do they demonstrate due diligence, ownership, and effective management when it comes to matters of cyber risk? We are asking them to think about um, developing their risk maps 
uh, developed to show current risk profiles as well as timely identifying emerging risks so that they can get ahead of the curve. Um, do they have the right leadership and organizational talent? Because that is extremely critical. And for those that are have some familiarity of this space, uh, there is a shortage of, you know, key cyber talent globally. And so um, we have been fortunate that we haven't um, fa been faced with that issue and we have been able to be successful in helping our clients identify the right uh, cyber talent to fill those gaps. Some other areas that we're helping them to think about is beyond the enterprise systems, who is leading their key cyber initiatives related to their incident command systems and connected products. Also, they're, um, they need to consider a more established and appropriate cyber risk escalation framework that includes uh, their risk appetite and reporting thresholds. There's just many things, Lee, that we work with our clients around that they should consider. And I'm not gonna go into some of the more detailed areas, but I think I've given you enough for, you know, some of those uh, our audience and listeners might get an idea of some of the more uh, critical things that they should be considering when they're looking at securing their enterprise. Now, when it comes to securing the enterprise, are the threats more likely to come from an outside source or an internal source, like a, like a disgruntled employee or some a vendor or something like that? We're seeing that it's coming from an outside source, and um, especially if we're talking about domestically here in the United States, uh, we're seeing that it is occurring um, outside of the United States. And those that are uh, seeking to do undue hardship to our supply chain or anything that would impact our financial systems, um, that's what we're seeing. So, you know, some of the things that we are very diligent about is keeping um, our clients as well as some of our audiences apprised of some of those threats that we're seeing on the horizon, some of the malware that's coming in ransomware that's showing up. And we have a publication, it's actually a biweekly bi publication called Cyber Insights, where we're keeping our uh, our audience and our clients up to date on some of those critical things that we're seeing and coming through. So um, those are just some of the things that we're seeing out there. And this isn't something that's a set it and forget it solution, right? This takes due diligence every single day in order to stay ahead of the bad guys, right? Yes, it does. And Lee, you have nailed it. And what we're also seeing, and this is a part of how they're leveraging CEHT, is because we're facing these unprecedented times, we're seeing um, high stress levels when it comes to the cyber leadership as well as their cyber workforce. And so some of the things that we are uh, proposing and supporting and how they can manage their stress levels is to really develop a framework that identifies minimal level of or organizational capabilities, such as in the areas of managerial, operational, and technical. We're also asking them to map out their supply chain for business continuity scenarios in the event of a threat. Um, that is very, very key. Um, also, they should adopt a standard set of rules that apply to all firms along the way of their supply chain 
because there are customers that we have that may have in excess of 30,000 vendors that is a part of their supply chain. So that is not always an easy uh, thing to manage uh, any security around um, their vendors. So that's an area we have a blockchain solution that really helps to help our clients manage the, the large and global supply chains. Some other areas in terms of how they can help manage those stress levels is uh, to apply rules to regular enforceable digital security and audits to prevent lapse in downstream suppliers and also to adhere to the standard set of definitions for whatever security protocols have been developed. Uh, more importantly, to really evolve cyber and privacy breach reporting practices, policies, and controls, because with some of the upgrade protection for organizations, um, there is also the sharing of information um, and be able to share some of the cyber incidents that are occurring. So those are just some of the ways that our clients or even the audience that might be listening today can help manage some of the stress levels. And then more importantly, obviously, to contact us where we can come in and, and give you some advisement and insight in navigating the, the tremendous wave of um, some of the risks that may be occurring within their current enterprise. Now, do you find that during these kind of crises, whether it's a pandemic or even just the fact that it's, you know, the holidays, that those kind of situations open the floodgates of bad guys trying to penetrate using that as a lever to kind of get into, um, you know, either through phishing or some sort of um, hack into somebody's website? They're kind of piling onto this onslaught of information you're seeing and hearing, and you're, you don't know that there's someone's being sneaky during these kind of chaotic times. You're dead on. You're dead on, Lee. And that is attributed to the fact that a lot of people are distracted right now with what's happening with the pandemic, what has been going on with our election, post-election the holidays occurring. Uh, also, we mentioned the virtual remote workforce. You have uh, the workforce that are working virtually. They're also being the babysitter and helping to support the educational um, initiatives for their children that are at home. So when you have those kind of distractors, um, you may not have people that are as in tune or attentive to the things that are required and necessary to help secure your environment. Um, and particularly now that we are in a more remote environment setting, there, the control, um, we're having to have more control measures in place uh, to be much more strategic in securing the environment. Now, is there any kind of low-hanging fruit that an organization can do kind of on their own um, or is this something that you really do need an expert to kind of audit what you got going on and um, and then have an expert kind of just check the to make sure that you're uh, protecting yourself to the best of your ability? It's actually going to take the a blend of both, but there are things that the organization can can look at um, certainly on their own. But if they feel that they definitely just it's over their head and they just don't know where to start or really have a, a better control over it, uh, that's where they can turn to us. 
but to really look at how organizations can further strengthen their cybersecurity posture within their organization, um, I'm going to give you a few or give the audience some few highlights of some things that they can do. Um, the first is to remind employees to stay focused and diligent. That is uh, very, very important. And we've already talked about their distractors that are occurring right now that really uh, prevents people from really doing that. But we have to continuously remind them, remind employees that security policies are still in place to protect corporate information and to build mechanisms to reinforce policies. Um, and then also seek staff augmentation to support the company's already stretched resources. Because of the climate that we're in, a lot of companies are still uh, working in a very lean capacity, despite the fact that the workforce is remote. But there are some industries where they've had to cut back. And as a result of that, they may not have the, the level of support that they once had to manage and navigate certain initiatives within the enterprise. Add a security operations center support as an extension to their um, existing monitoring. We're finding that our clients may already have 24-7 monitoring, but there are still gaps uh, that they're experiencing where they're still turning to us. We have a 24-7, 365 days a year security operations center. It's actually based in the state of North Carolina, but we are here to be that extension if needed. And then finally, um, conduct pen testing to identify gaps, which is something that we do uh, frequently uh, for our clients just to stay ahead of the curve and to kind of help uh, identify some of the um, uh, cyber attacks that might be heading our way. Now, those are just some of the things that we would encourage uh, companies to, to be proactive on their own uh, to really do for themselves. And then uh, yeah, leverage our services and leverage our company and support and expertise as an extension of that. We consider ourselves to be that extended family, so to speak, that extended support. And this level of due diligence or diligence when it comes to this, it's got to be your radar has to be kind of distrust first. Like if you get an email, even I heard recently someone told me this that they got an email from somebody that it looked like it was somebody they knew, a vendor they knew. But when they look closely at the email, two letters were switched. So at a glance, it looked like the firm's email, but it really wasn't. It was a, it was some other URL, you know, on the email side. And then it would have, they were trying to hack into their system and get information by sneaking this through. And these bad guys, this is what they're doing every day. This is their job. Like, this isn't like a 14-year-old hacker, you know, eating Cheetos in the basement. These are professionals that are doing their best to trick people. That is correctly. And to your point, when you're looking at emails that are coming, particularly if you're in a situation where you have lots of emails that are flowing through uh, on a daily basis or if you are seeing links that are coming through, you really have to be diligent before you click on that link, before you open that email, and particularly some of those emails that come through that have attachments because some of that malware could be embedded in the attachment of that email. So you have to be, uh, you do have to operate from a perspective of not being trustworthy 
And to your point, there are emails that are coming through. And, and I've seen this because even in our own company, we had to report this up to the highest level, once again, to the Pentagon, where there are those uh, bad guys out there that are leveraging high level people within government, within corporations, and sending these emails out to people that may not, you know, think twice to open it. Oh, such and such actually sent something to me, or particularly if it's a small business and they're seeking out new business opportunities, they may think that it's a new opportunity for them and they click on that email. Or we've even seen a scenario with a customer where um, there was a bad guy that had sent an email for a drop uh, shipment of computer equipment. And after further due diligence, we found that the location where this, because uh, it was actually in the form of a purchase order and how it was sent via email. And after further research and due diligence, it was all fake and it was going to be a scenario where uh, it was going to be, I think it was like a $300,000 uh, purchase order of equipment, computer equipment that would have been drop shipped at this location that wasn't even real. So it's stuff like this that we have to be mindful and in tune to um, in terms of the fraudulent activities, whether it be that's all associated with the cyber attacks. And so um, I would just ask everyone, I know we have a lot going on right now that during these unprecedented times and this turbulent client climate, but let's still remember to be diligent because not only is it protecting um, you and your family, it's protecting your uh, employer and your ability to earn your income because there's a lot of damage that can occur uh, when systems go down, when business go down, and people are not um, able to receive the level of service or care that's needed. And if you can imagine when we talk about care, speaking of health care, just imagine if their systems went down, the doctors and nurses and health care providers were unable to really treat their patients accordingly. Now, the, the, the show is uh, GWBC Open for Business. Can you talk a little bit about why it was important for you to be part of the GWBC community and join and become a member and a certified woman business owner? Well, I can't tell you enough about GWBC. Uh, it has really enabled us to access channels that we may not have been able to access on our own. And, uh, Roz Lewis, who is the GWBC president, and her team, um, they are just phenomenal. There are no words to describe how they're such an advocate for women in business and really uh, developing and being the trailblazer to enable us the opportunity to connect uh, with the major corporations. What we've seen in our business is the ability to access those markets that we have a desire uh, to access and, and really just present our solutions. And particularly with us being an MBE um, and service-disabled uh, business enterprise, it really has enabled us to just change the paradigm and bring just a top level of services uh, to our customers um, that are just as passionate as we are in, in really uh, the work that we bring, the innovation that we're bringing. And um, 
I just can't speak enough about GWBC. They, they're just really doing tremendous work and continue to do this tremendous work to enable uh, companies such as ourselves to access those channels and those opportunities that are there. Now, regarding your uh, company, CHT, what is the ideal client for you? Are you working primarily with the largest companies or do you work with companies of all size? Uh, I know you mentioned, you know, healthcare, fintech, uh, you have certain niches that you serve, but um, what, what does an ideal customer look like for you? Yes, and we normally work with larger uh, corporations, Lee. That is a good good question. Our profile ideal customer will typically be um, $500 million to billion-dollar-plus customer. Um, they will be in the industries that I mentioned earlier, healthcare, finance, manufacturing, supply chain, uh, sports and entertainment, uh, and retail. Uh, typically, those customers are they're typically looking for staffing support or blockchain, um, as well as SOC services or that extension. Um, and so, those are just some of the customers. If we're talking about problems they're seeking to solve, uh, lots of times they're seeking to solve uh, problems in terms of just ensuring their networks and, and systems are secured properly. They will often have us come in to help do audits of their existing um, uh, systems and everything, and particularly from a supply chain perspective. I've mentioned already our blockchain solution and how we're able to track everything from, from inception to completion. Um, and we have actually received awards for that blockchain uh, solution. But, you know, if I had to say why CEHT, uh, here's what I leave with uh, our audience today. We are a global service uh, provider. We operate right now in five regions within the United States, South Korea, Sri Lanka, um, Germany, Singapore, Hawaii, Honduras. Uh, we're also, um, our team is extremely advanced in terms of red and blue uh, cyber teams in possession, the manual professional expertise of penetration testing. We also understand the dynamics of the successful cybersecurity experience. And more importantly, we successfully navigate enterprise-wide security solutions in extremely complex environments. Uh, we do what we say we're going to do. And we are very eager to work with you. We want to work with you. So um, if we had to sum it up, why CHT, why should companies work with us? I would leave it at that, Lee. Well, congratulations on all your success. And thank you so much for doing the work you're doing. It's important and we appreciate you. Well, we are so um, happy to be a part of this morning's radio GBT. GWBC uh, Radio, and I hope that the information shared with our audience will be something that would be extremely helpful. If they would like to learn more or feel that they need to uh, certainly have some added support, they can reach us, of course. Go to visit our website, www.ceht-jv.com, or uh, email us at info at ceht-jv.com. And they can also find us on LinkedIn. Um, we actually have a CHT uh, LinkedIn page. And certainly we welcome you to follow us, 
for uh, behind-the-scenes information about uh, cybersecurity. Well, thank you again for sharing your story today. Thank you for having us, and certainly feel free to reach out anytime. And once again, that website is ceht-jv.com. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on GWBC Open for Business.